Crusaders and welcome to another edition of Batman, the animated series podcast. I'm your host, Alex Robson, and with me as always is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and writer, and the guy who is an equal opportunity crime fighter, it's Mr. Will Robson. Say hello, Will. Hello, everybody. <laughs> That's the weirdest <laughs> response, you know. Hello, yes. everybody. Like, we're doing, I don't know, like NPR or something all of a sudden, you're like, hello. Everybody. I have been working so fucking hard recently, my energy levels are shot. I've been working around the clock trying to get my book done and doing commissions and writing my own book and now starting to draw my own book. I've just, I'm, I'm barely here right now. So. But you're here and everyone's yeah. so happy for it. Oh, I'm sure they're going to be very happy because I'm full of energy. <laughs> Go buy my book, you dickheads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's going to get them run into the shops. Um, uh, well, what's the you've got a big update on outbreaks, don't you? Yes, I've I've put together all artwork and everything for the whole book's been put together. Today, I am sending out uh, the digital rewards for the backers of the Kickstarter. So everyone will get their digital copies of Outbreaks and the uh, Director's Cut version, which is just the pencils and the making of Outbreaks, which is all stuff that was unlocked as stretch goals because we over we got overfunded, which is amazing. So it is so much fucking work putting this stuff together. It's crazy. Like exporting all those files and then finding out that I exported everything wrong to do it again was just such Ooh, a bull ache. I didn't know like, that happened. The, and the exporting takes like seven hours to do. It's insane because I'm not just exporting one file. I'm exporting like the uh, this version of the book and this version of the book. And oh, this this copy needs this in it. And then now I've, I've had to get the files ready for print. So I've had someone help me that where they have to be sized in a certain way. I found out that I've been sizing all of my pages incorrectly. So I had to go back, even though they're all exported, resize all the pages to the correct print size and do all that and then fix it again. And then, oh no, look, here's another error and this, then the other, and I am going to scream. So as a writer and artist, obviously on a professional level, this is the side of the business that you don't see because you sent it off, you know, mm -hmm. like you either hand in a script or you send off all your completed pages and DC, Marvel, IDW, whoever it is, it's like, thanks very much. And, you know, we'll uh, we'll let you know when it's coming out or whatever they say. They probably just go, thanks. <laughs> Nothing else. We'll pay you when we'll pay you. Anyway, we won't go into that. But, no. uh, yeah, they uh, that's the, the obviously the part that they take over and they do. But you've had to do it all. And you've done a great job. I read the entire first issue through digital because you shared it oh, with did me you? this morning. I did. I loved it. I thought it was great. I love the backup story of Did I Dick. I was really into that. In fact, when it ended, I was like, ah, I want, I want more <laughs> Did I Dick. Oh, well, that's cool. You're the editor on that book, so I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was it was a great read, man. And I haven't read Rotten Luck in quite some time. And also, you know, I know you had it drawn a long time ago, but seeing it fully colored and seeing it lettered and like you obviously move speech bubbles around and you did all of that yourself. Oh, yeah, it's, and, it's fully re-lettered. I had to completely redo it and update yeah. it to be, you know, flowing better. And, and, you know, it's, it was nice to go back and sort of rewrite it um, so that it holds up because that was the first thing I ever wrote. So going back seven years later to fix it was, was quite interesting. Uh, and then I've been writing the script for my IDW book and I start drawing it on Wednesday. So wow. it's just, it's all go. And then besides life and, you know, the dramas of life, this, that, and the other that I'm going through, it's just, I am really on fumes. Like I had to like talk, talk to my wife the other day. I was like, I need you to go out and I need you to buy me a bottle of scotch and a pack of fags <laughs> because 
I need that to get through this. It's really great, though. Like, all the hard work has paid off. I really think so. And all the people that are listening that um, were a part of the Kickstarter, again, thank you so much because when you yep. get to see it, I think you're going to be really pleased. And for anyone that's listening that is a new listener, because we get a lot of new listeners from TikTok, actually, and we've just had a recent surge in followers and listens on this podcast. Will has been doing an ongoing zombie anthology series, which is like Black Mirror meets The Walking Dead, where instead yep. of technology being the main theme of the episodes, it's all about zombies. And you've got zombie stories that aren't you're just your typical, like... There's uh, an apocalypse and people have to like hide and survive. There's yeah, so it's not many cool basic things. survival, yeah. Yeah, so many cool stories that are woven in here. Different time periods, different themes. You've got dramas, you've got comedies, you've got sort of like pulp and all sorts of types of stories just woven into this wonderful world that he's created. A few that I'm going to be able to write as well and that I'm super excited and yes, collaborate. Yes, we're co-writing a story um, for the next issue, which should be really cool. But for all of our new listeners, uh, you can still go check it out. You can go to speechcomics.com or check out Speech Comics on all the socials and you'll see what the book looks like or the journey that Will's been on so far. And also get updates on when the next Kickstarter will come, which will include issue one and also launch issue two. Yes. So, yeah, in uh, September 1st, I'm launching issue two on Kickstarter along with a relaunch of issue one. So if you want to hop on, you can hop in there. I'm debating, should I make it like buyable on my website in in between that? I don't know. Well, um, yeah, you take time to think about it. I think that wouldn't be a bad idea to have it for sale for people that just want to buy it. They might be listening to this podcast and be like, oh, I don't want to wait for the next Kickstarter because I might have forgotten by then. They might just impulsively be like, let me go to there. And buy it right now. And then when issue two comes out, they'll buy it then. So that won't be a, a bad thing to have it for sale. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll put it up on my store once once everyone I want everyone to get there who backed the Kickstarter first to get the book, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. We shall see. Well, yes. since you since you're running on fumes, bud, um, we recently took a poll on socials and it's been quite divided, but Usually we go into our caped caper scenarios where uh, listeners will write in a funny skit and we improv and it usually involves Batman and Robin. Now, we're not saying that it's going to go away forever. So everyone that's just about to get mad at me. Bye, um... Batman. Forever. <laughs> Batman forever, Batman. It's my favorite one. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's something that we have... We have loved to do, but it does take a lot of time, listeners, and editing has obviously been a wonder where you don't know, but um, Im- we're not improv comedians by any stretch of the imagination, and we enjoy doing these cape capers, but they do take a lot of time up in recording, and I want to get to the episodes that we're talking about. I want to get to our guests. I want to be able to talk about Batman the Animated Series because that's what this podcast is about. So... If you want uh, to write in your Cape Caper scenarios, you can still do that, but we're probably going to do maybe one every few episodes, maybe even more than that, basically where we can fit it in when we have time, and it will just be like an extra treat. It could even be like at the stinger at the end of an episode or something like mm. that when we decide to yeah, do it, right? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're just going to move straight into our reviews and such, usually from here on out, but I just want to let you guys know that's what we're going to do so you're not thinking, where's my Cape Caper scenario in this episode? Yeah. We still want you guys to write in, but what we want is we want you guys to write in, 
in, leave reviews on the podcast or leave comments on socials. We'll still do that in our You've Got Mail segment. We love getting questions from you guys. When we get questions in that segment, we love answering that. So that's where we want you guys to really uh, write in. That's where we want to hear from you. So go to the socials at BatmanTASPod or email us at BatmanTASPod at gmail.com. All right, bud. We will do our casting call, though, as we have a new character in this episode. It's Red Claw that we're going to cast. Let's do our little casting call jingle that I came up with last time. Who will they cast in this part? With my seven harmonies. Do you still like uh, hearing those seven harmonies? Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear it again. (laughs) Are you... uh... Oh, I thought you were currently looking for a casting call, like you forgot to do it. No, no, were... I, I have, I have mine. I found it tough, but I have mine. Okay, because you were looking down, and I was like, I have any forgot. Um, all right. So, for anyone that doesn't know, every time we come across a new character, we cast him in our own live-action fan-casted Batman: The Animated Series universe. We've had some great casting choices. We've had times where we've had to turn it over to you, the listener, because we couldn't decide. But as always, would you like to go first with your casting choice for Red Claw? Well, I wanted to cast somebody who uh, physically could take in the role because I feel like that's the most important thing of the Red Claw, right? She's this sort of muscly, dominant figure. Yes. Um, so I immediately went to the pool of wrestlers because I was like, well, that's where you can find those people that are in that shape that have some sort of acting skills. Um, and that's why I chose this uh, wrestler. Her name is Rhea Ripley. She's very tall. Uh, she has dyed dark black hair. Uh, a lot of her makeup looks a bit. Uh, was it? What's that movie called? Black Swan. But if you see her without the makeup on, uh, you could see her definitely doing that role because she has light eyes. Oh well. yeah, I can I can see what you're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. and she has she is quite just she has a dominating presence. So I just that's why I chose her. Okay, how's her acting ability? It's uh, WWE standard. WWE standard. Okay. I mean, not that Red Claw is like an outstanding character in this show anyway, right? She only appears like one yeah. other time after these this two-parter. Um, I mean, she's, she's got the build. I can see her with like the white streak and the black hair that's like, you know, all pushed back. Um, so yeah, that's a good choice. Um, I went with one because we've seen her as a DC character already quite a powerful female DC character at that. I like, um, even though she's not Russian, I think having uh, an accent of some kind could help. I'm not sure she could do a Russian accent. I don't know if your choice could do a Russian accent either, to be honest. Uh, my choice is Australian, but I, I Australians feel, usually could do accents. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm, I'm sure my choice could probably do some form of accent because uh, her accent is is European enough for um, the eastern part of the world, at least. Uh, my choice is Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, however you want to say it, who was Wonder Woman, um, who would no longer be Wonder Woman, being that the DCU is changing. And I think she's got the build, the look. I can see her with the red claw tattoo. I can see her in the outfit. Um, and I think she's got a a pretty powerful presence about her. So that was my choice. I guess so. It's a bit. I don't know. She doesn't really. She's not muscly though. Like Red Red Claw is like she's like a, a she's wrestler. Muscular. Like she's built yeah. like a wrestler. You're like right. if I was yeah. casting this in the nineties, I'd make it China. You know, like that's yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. So yeah, Gal for Gadot, all the listeners, 
for the listeners that don't know, we cast it in the modern day. I think I forgot to say that, so we can't go back in time. Um, all right, you know what? I haven't seen Rhea Ripley, but just seeing images of her, she really does look like Red Claw. I can see her outfit in one of the pictures I'm looking at now. If it was red instead of black, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, that's kind of Red Clawy. And then I could see the tattoo on her, like on her chest or near her shoulder, wherever we, wherever it is, somewhere around there. It's on her shoulder. Yeah, it is. It's like on the top part of the shoulder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Rhea Ripley, it is for Red Claw. Okay, bud, let's dive in and get straight into it. Let's review The Cat and the Claw, part two. This episode came out on September 12th, 1992. It was directed by Dick Sebast, or Dick Sebast. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I say Dick Sebast. <laughs> I'm going to say Sebast, I think. Story by Sean Catherine Derrick and Laren Bright. Script by Jules Dennis and Richard Mueller. Animation by Acom Production. Featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred. Adrian Barbeau as Catwoman and Selina Kyle. Herb Edelman as Stern. Kate Mulgrew as Red Claw. Mary McDonald Lewis as Maven. Frank Welker as Isis. Steve McGowan and Neil Ross as additional voices. Some honorable mentions there right off the bat. Neil Ross had done a bunch of additional voices here. We've mentioned him in the past on this podcast. We also interviewed him on a previous podcast, Spider-Man the Animated Series podcast, where he played the role of Norman Osborn and the Green Goblins. You can go check that out, but he's done some additional voices in this show as well. Other honorable mentions, we've mentioned Jules Dennis and Richard Mueller, as well as Sean Catherine Derrick and Laren Bright previously, so I won't go into all of that. Director Dick Sebast, or Dick Sebast. Dick we'll... Sebast! <laughs> well, get it right. One of us is right. Um, he directed nine episodes of Batman the Animated Series, as well as a producer and director of The Incredible Hulk the Animated Series. You remember that show? Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> he also directed episodes of Max Steel, which totally blew my oh. mind when I showed when we I We were talking about Max Steel the other day. Yep. Isn't that crazy? I was like, oh, my God, that's the second time I've heard Max Steel in the last few days. Uh, we never watched the show, but we had all those action figures. They were great. I think we tried to watch an episode too. We were like, mm, the, the toys are cooler. And, I, I, and I bet they were like, that's fine. As long as you're buying the toys, yes. we don't care about the show. It was crappy CG as well, remember? It was like that reboot or like, do you remember there was like a CG show with like a bad guy with like a big blue chin, like a massive big blue chin? I think it was called Reboot. Am I, I don't remember. Are you talking about the show that where like the main character was like, he looked like the... Nez kid from um, Earthbound, but his skin was like teal. Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, that show. Yeah, reboot. Yeah. Um, So it was in that type of CG style. Anyway, we just went down memory lane there. I haven't thought about reboot in fucking years. Uh, Okay, we've also got he directed episodes of The Mummy, Ultimate Avengers 2, the animated film, and Doctor Strange, the animated film as well. So that was some honorable mentions for Dick Sebast or... Dick Seabest! <laughs> and then we haven't really mentioned Frank Welker that much, but he's in 
pretty much he's one of the most famous voice actors of all time he does isis the cat in these episodes he's going to come back loads mainly as animal noises does countless sounds for animals in shows and movies like way too many to reference but some of his most famous are he is the voice of shao khan in the first mortal kombat film right oh, yeah. at the yeah right at the end he shows up He's also the voice of Megatron, Shockwave, and Galvatron in some of the Transformers live-action films. And he's also Santa's little helper and Snowball in The Simpsons, Nunu in Teletubbies, and he's in six episodes of Batman the Animated Series. So this this guy just, like, goes around and makes making a bunch of sound effects then? Just for animals. He can do, like... You're like, oh, yes. And you're like, oh, they must have, like, recorded that and, like, tweaked it. No, they just get Frank Welker in and he'll do tons. <laughs> In fact, whenever there's an animal noise in Batman the Animated Series, nine times out of ten, it's going to be Frank Welker. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he's he's really talented in that way, and he kind of found like a little niche that he's just that guy you call in whenever you need animal noises. Okay, some fun facts out of my utility belt. Um, there's not many, but there's still a few to go over. There's a brief snippet of As Time Goes By from the film Casablanca, played when Catwoman admits loving Batman and driving off to face Rayclaw. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, it's it's ever so briefly. It's a song um, that's played in the background. That song is now played as an instrumental overture for Warner Brothers Pictures, as seen in their current opening logo. Oh, really? Apparently, that's according to this fun fact. Uh, and then the final fun fact is Bruce Tim said that the end sequence is geared around the explosions, but they were artistically poor, and the animation was redone two to three times. Although he felt the final product was still awful, they ran out of time and had to air it. Now... I tend to agree with Bruce Tim there. It's a different production studio doing the animation. It's Acom, who is, as we know from speaking with directors like Frank Parr and other guests that we've had on this show, was synonymous in being one of the hardest production companies to work with Mm -hmm. for this show. Uh, Do you think the animation looked drastically different? I thought it looked kind of good, except for there was a lot of focus on Catwoman's assistant, just like walking around the house yes getting a, getting a glass yeah. <laughs> uh, also a full jug and a glass for herself that lady was committing to drinking some lemonade did you see that I did, yeah. she was having a night in just drinking oh, lemonade yeah i've never seen someone just like i'm thirsty i'm gonna drink all the liquid in the refrigerator <laughs> yeah i mean yeah they were wasting time in that sequence they were like we've got to do 22 minutes so let's just film her going to the fridge and filling up all of the containers in the house but uh when she walks in the house she like uh when catwoman comes home there's just a focus on her walking and it's like 15 seconds long and i'm like where cut please like what is going on get on with it but i guess uh i do like the payoff though when she puts the the picture down on the table and there's his reflection in the table, so she sees there's a guy behind her. I liked that angle. Yeah. But yeah, it took a long time to get to it. Yeah, I thought the animation wasn't bad at all. Like, Acom gets a bad rap, and I'm sure we'll get to the episodes where you're going to be like, why does the Joker look so weird in this episode? And that's because of Acom. But yeah, I thought this was good. I didn't see... I good cinematography. Many... Yeah, I, I, I agree. But the explosions at the end, it was just way too many. And like... Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Batman doesn't kill, but man, he could have killed so many people causing well, he, explosions. Batman may not kill, but Bruce Wayne certainly doesn't give a shit about it. When he drove those two guys off the road, <laughs> yeah. he, there's like 
they'll probably live. Like they, they had to crawl out to survive, you know? That's it's true. ridiculous. I didn't even think about that. Bruce Wayne totally just like, oh, I'll kill him. I'm not Batman. I don't have to live by that code. Didn't, didn't even wait to check to see if they were right. Just drove off because he was on a date with Selena Carl. Selena was rubbing off on him in a bad way. Alfred's not happy about it. I told you, sir, she's not good for you. Just trying to get some of that ass, Alfred. <laughs> I'm still horny from the last episode. <laughs> I know there's a plague going around, but I think it's a love potion now because I am horny. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you bring up the plague. What did you think about this episode as a whole then? And and also, did you like it more or less than part one? Um, I think I liked part one better. I agree. Part one seemed to be the better uh, of the two in this show so far. Like Two-Face part one was better than Two-Face part two. And this is the second time we've come across a two-parter. And I think the Cat and the Claw part one is a pretty strong episode. I mean, it was the first one they aired in the end mm-hmm. uh, for reasons that related to Batman Returns. But still, it was a stronger episode. I didn't think it was much of a plot with Red Claw, like, stealing a plague and just ransoming the city for it. And, you know, it was yeah. just like, just a plague in a bottle. Like, it was weird. I yeah, a plague in a bottle <laughs> in a 10-mile radius. <laughs> What is Reckler, like some sort of like radio DJ? Yeah. Okay, this next heat is going to hit you so hard. Here we come with... It's called Plague in Bottles. <laughs> You're going to love it. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a it was weak source, I thought, for the, uh, the plot of this episode, considering we had all the build-up in part one and, like, wanted to know what Red Claw's plan was, and she's just like, I steal Plague and... Release it in city. That's all I do. It was for a ransom money, right? That's what she was doing it for. Yeah, but she was still going to do it anyway because she was like, "We'll be miles away when this goes off." When she like ties Batman and Catwoman up, so I was like, "Oh, so you just want to release a plague anyway?" I thought that's your worst nightmare. <laughs> if like you're like, "Wait, what's happened? <laughs> Who's that?" I thought Red Claw was a man. <laughs> Uh, well, the start of this episode, we got No Socks Gangster meets up with Batman in the park. He's back. Oh, was that No Socks? I didn't realize it was the yeah. same character. Sam, Sammy No Socks. Yeah, that's why Batman chose, like, let's go to a location that's outside. <laughs> really? I, I got a nice penthouse, Batman. You can come back to my place, you know? I got, you know, it would be very comfortable. Uh, keep the windows shut. I got a space heater. <laughs> oh, I like- oh no! I got I got various cheeses from Fred's, but I think my refrigerator's on the Fritz, Batman. <laughs> I like keeping it a real thick, muggy seventy five degrees Fahrenheit in my house. <laughs> I, and I, I just I just sent the boys down to the local fish market to pick up supper, so you can have a big fish feast. <laughs> you are the stinkiest man I've ever met. Tommy Skidmark is going to come over later. Oh, no. <laughs> Skidmark's the cook. <laughs> he, uh, just to let you know, he, uh, he don't wash his hands. Oh, God. He was even sweating profusely in the park, and I was like, If you oh. think my brow is full of sweat, <laughs> wait till you see my loafers here. I did like how he tried to bargain with Batman by giving him information, though. And Batman's just like, because yeah. he's like, lay off the south side if you want to know. Batman's like, like, I will lay off the south side <laughs> if you wear a pair of fucking socks, man. No, actually, he's like, I'm not going near the south side if you're yeah, still yeah. not wearing good to, any socks. Good, good to know. The whole of the south side stinks. <laughs> 
we get our first uh, Batman and Gordon's office in this scene very quick, yes, but we cool do. to see. And I was like, oh, that's just sudden. You know, it was like mm-hmm. they went from one alleyway meeting in the last episode, episode to episode in the last episode. In the last episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Danish version of Batman the Animated Series podcast of this episode. <laughs> what are you like, Blue Claw, the Danish version? <laughs> I am the Blue Claw. I'm trying to cure the plague because we're good people over here. It's kind of Uh Yeah, it was cool to see though them in the office, just uh, re really just doing their normal comic book Batman and Gordon, where they're trying to solve something. Batman's looking out the window, and then Gordon gets on the phone. I thought Batman was going to disappear. He did that already in the episode to to Stinky Feet. He did do that stinky feet, yeah. That would have been a, a double whammy. But I thought we haven't had Batman disappear on Gordon yet in this series. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see the first time that happens. Did you notice Red Claw's ridiculous rocket train that she used to get on the train? It's like Yeah, were they trying to sell an action figure there or something? I guess so. All it was was like a big platform on wheels with this giant rocket just strapped to the back. And Red Claw is like bent over with her ass in the air as it's on its way. I'm like, what am I watching? Everyone's horny in this episode. Buddy. <laughs> it's a two-parter. <laughs> she was just, she was fart powering that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the red cabbage for the red claw. <laughs> More stinky people. <laughs> Crime stinks in this town. <laughs> You want to talk about having a plague? You should check out my house after I have some of my red cabbage. Oh, God. It's our first time seeing the bat hang glider as well. That was a random, like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's the bat hang glider we see quite a few times in this show where he's just flying in to get on the train. Um, I like a I like a bat hang glider. I think it looks cool with the bat wings as he's just flying around. Also, did you notice we see the bat wing? In this episode for the first time? I think that's my favourite shot of um, this whole episode is her going down into the sewers or wherever she was going and then the, just the bat plane flying overhead past the moon. I was like, cool. Like, yeah. You told me everything I needed to know from those shots. But they didn't touch on it at all after that. You know what I mean? They were just like, yeah, that's, the, that's what the bat wing looks like. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought there was like some grand introduction, like with the Batmobile on, on leather wings. There was like a, you know, a big introduction of that, like it's driving out the Batcave and all of that. But this one is just like, yeah, there's the Batwing, just so you know, that's what well, it looks it's like. It's not the like, movies, though, you know, it's it's the... Uh, yeah, I guess. we've I don't know, we've had like, what do you think of the look of the Batwing in this show? Because we've had a lot, lot of cool... Sleek. Yeah. We've had a lot of cool introductions, though, like the my favourite, the Batboat. I thought that had a really cool Still your favourite, huh? Mm. Still the best vehicle in all of Batman the Animated Series, is it? Uh, I might have changed my mind on that. I think that you, I think you said in all of Batman in general. Actually, I think you just were just so swooped up by the submarine. The Batmobile. When we watched uh, Heart of Ice, I was like, okay, yes, now I remember why the Batmobile is so cool because we hadn't seen it do anything, and it didn't like show itself in like a cool way to me until that episode. But the Batboat Man. It just, I don't know, it like brings me back to like um, old TV shows like Thunderbirds that I used to love. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of that because it can it's a submarine as well as it's a boat. Yeah, you know what? I stand by it, everybody. The Bat Boat is my favorite vehicle of this entire show. 
Is it your favourite vehicle of any interpretation of Batman? No, the Tim Burton Batmobile is the winner, for sure. No question. Um, but yeah, in the animated series, the Batboat is, is, a, is a close second. I like it a lot. All right. So did you notice the cool-looking henchman this time with the blue sunglasses and the hat and the leather jacket? I pointed him out last time. Did you notice the, him this I time? I definitely did not. Oh, he was in it loads, so I was hoping you'd see him. But my image of him was shattered because he's on top of the train helping Rayclaw. He's the one who goes, Rayclaw, look out. But his hat is blown off and he's just bald as a cucumber with hair on both sides of his head. And I, it just aged him oh, by no 20 years. no wonder he's your favourite henchman. <laughs> he went from Johnny Cage to Grandad in like a second. I was like, oh, mate, you look so cool. But now you wear that hat and you try and dress younger because you're bald and you look old. You ruined it for me. Mm, sounds familiar to me. <laughs> just son of a bitch. Look, I've got loads of hair still. Thank you very yeah. much. In the front. How's that back doing? <laughs> Got that. <laughs> so Batman drops another a woman comment when he meets Rayclaw. Mm. It's it's one thing to say it to yourself when no one can hear you, Batman, but this time he straight up says it to Rayclaw's face and her blunt response of do you have a problem with that? Made Batman realize, like, I'm about to get cancelled if I keep this shit up. So he just he gives a very political answer of not at all. I'm an equal opportunity crime fighter. Like, I, I wonder if like Alfred gave him a note, like, if you say that again, here's what you need to say. Like any politician that's in trouble, like, say this. How not to get cancelled, sir? There are women in Gotham, and some of them are criminals. <laughs> it's possibility that you're going to run into them. So please refrain from saying any thing about their gender when you see them thank you okay alfred but who's that woman outside <laughs> uh did you notice the doorman was basically the scotsman from samurai jack or dum dum dugan when he was like uh, opening the door for bruce wayne's car <laughs> no he has this giant like orange mustache he looked just like the scotsman and i was like that's quite the character to create for like a guy that opens the car door for bruce wayne yeah. i thought i thought he would come back because he had such a distinct look but nope just that we're moving on from that one <laughs> he was just there and now he's gone i guess bruce was bored that day i was like ah let's spice it up I also love when we see the change of voice that Comroy gives both Batman and Bruce Wayne, like how he switches between them. Like he's Bruce in the car, but he's talking to Gordon on the phone in his Batman voice. And then Selena's getting in the car. So after he hangs up, he then uses his Bruce Wayne voice. And I just I love the way Comroy does that. And it just mm -hmm. it works so well. But he, did you notice he did look very scared, though, when she was coming towards the car and he was still on the phone, like he was about to get caught using his Batman voice on the phone because she was like coming closer. And he's like, um, yeah, anyway, Commissioner, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, gotta go. Bye. And then she gets in the car and it'd be great if he's like, so where do you want to go to eat? <laughs> She's <Yeah>. like, Batman? <laughs> no. It's a quick, you pick me up in the Batmobile, Bruce. Oh. <laughs> And then he's on the phone with Gordon using his Bruce Wayne voice. Yeah. He's on video. Just as Bruce Wayne. Batman is Bruce Wayne? Ah. Whoopsie. 
so yeah, the car chase scene with Bruce and Selena, that was I thought that was well animated. You're right that Bruce Wayne doesn't care for anybody's life as he's just running them off the road. But yeah, but also it... he like runs a bunch of other people off the road as well. Like like at the end he just drives away and there's just cars parked in like <laughs> different directions on the bridge and he's like, ah, I'm a rich billionaire, I don't care about this. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, were all your parents shot at and killed in an alleyway? <laughs> were they? I didn't think so. Where do you want to go to dinner, Selena? Crime Alley? <laughs> Don't tell me it's a mum and pop shop. <laughs> Bruce comes on real strong with Selena, though, when he drops her off back at her apartment. Like, he totally shows his cards way too early. He's telling her, like, he hasn't felt this way in a really long, long time. And, like, he's, you know, really into her and he wants to help protect her. And I'm like, mate, you're co- ease up. Like, you're coming on way too strong. This is your second date. And each time you've gone on a date, you haven't actually gone on the date because something's gone wrong. So it's a weird thing that you're like, I'm really into you. And she's like, we barely had a conversation ever because we're always <laughs> in, involved in some crime thing. Remember when you when you spent 10 grand on me and the bidding? <laughs> that was yesterday. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. Move on with me. <laughs> She just closes the door on him. <laughs> He's like, oh. I always do this. <laughs> Every girl I meet, I fall in love with the first day. I tell her my Batman and then they close the door on my face. Yeah, Alfred's like eagerly waiting for all of the, the tea when when Bruce gets yeah. back. Like, how was the date? What happened? Yeah, he, he pours his like tea. Like, you know, he always comes out with a tray. Yeah. He's like, right, spill the tea, sir. And just pours the glass. <laughs> What did you say to her? Well, Alfred, I told her that I've never felt like this in a really long, long time. And Alfred's like, first mistake. <laughs> yeah, you got to ease and slow. Maybe maybe some, some playful banter, sir. Alfred, you have been living in this mansion for like 40 years. You're not married. I've never even seen you speak to him besides my own mother. I don't think we should be getting dating advice from you. Fuck you, sir. Fuck you very much. <laughs> I was a stud back in the day, thank you. Martha was into it. Aha! Aha, that's right. I'm your father. How about that? Both your parents aren't dead, bitch, because one of them's right here. <laughs> just like, I thought we were just having tea. <laughs> He's like, I love you. <laughs> so there's a scene in the Batcave where Alfred and Bruce Wayne are talking and Bruce heads into the Batsuit chamber to change into being Batman. It's a cool scene. But when we get to my interview with the director of this episode, Kevin Altieri, which is coming up next episode, he shared with me that Bruce Tim said to him and all the crew that he never wanted to see Bruce Wayne out of his costume in the Batcave or even Bruce Wayne in the Bat costume with the mask off. He did not want to see that. No, he I liked- love that. I know. And you don't see him out of costume or with his mask off until we reach the first Ra's al Ghul episode, or Ra's al Ghul, however you want to say it, which was purposely done for that episode. And this is all explained by Kevin Ortieri in the interview that I have with him. But I always thought that was true, obviously, because I read that and I was told that until I watched this episode and you just see Bruce Wayne walking down the steps with Alfred and he's in... His regular suit. Maybe he said it after he saw this. Maybe he was like, I don't want to ever do that again. That doesn't look right. That's true. Maybe because it was still early on in the in production line. Um, but I have to admit, bud, like it did look weird seeing Bruce Wayne walking around the Batcave in his people clothes. I'm in my people clothes, Alfred. <laughs> yes, you are, sir. 
<laughs> I'm in the Batcave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, no. <laughs> My love that Batman moment, by the way. Love that Batman. Batman dealing with the thug and like telling Maven to go hide somewhere and leaving the thug tied up in the flagpole. I thought that was all very Batman to me. But the best bit is when she's like looking for her glasses and Batman's just like a blurry figure beating the guy up. And then she puts her glasses on and Batman just appears in the doorway, like out into the patio. I love the way he just walks in. And he's just this like big shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a great scene. Right oh, yeah. there. <laughs> it was very weird seeing Batman drive a tanker truck and pull a grenade with his teeth. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was watching G.I. Joe. I was like, yeah, it did feel very G.I. Joe, didn't it? Yeah. He just like gets in that truck. And I'm, and at first I was like, who's driving that thing? And he shows Batman. I'm like, Oh, you don't look good in the truck, bud. And then he just yanks the grenade with his teeth. And I'm like, Mm-mm, this is, this is not for me. No. <laughs> and yeah. And then he causes all those explosions as well. It's just fucking ridiculous. How many people he could have blown up in that fire. And it's so much fire. In fact, that he creates this flame wall that he forces Gordon to have a chat with him next to. Like, yeah, and Gordon, all you the see places... Gordon's like sweating bullets next to him as well. Yeah. And I'm like, mate, let <laughs> what, have the conversation somewhere else. Batman's like, I'm I'm fine. I've got a, a cooling system inside my suit. I guess. <laughs> and that ain't part of the budget at the GCPD. Yeah, why are you sweating, you fucking losers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go have the conversation like off-site next to a, a cooler area. Mm. It was so weird. Uh, I did like how Isis likes Batman too. Like uh, she's rubbing up against his boots and purring and such when he yeah. like, goes to Where, arrest Catwoman. Where'd the cute fat cat go though? What, Cotton Bud? Cotton Bud! <laughs> I don't know, that's true. There, there was only Isis in this episode because the other cats had left. When it was like, oh, sorry, Isis, you can't come with me, I could just picture the Cotton Bud be like, I'll come with you, it's, it's fine. My <laughs> allergies are playing up a bit today, but I'll be all right. <laughs> It's me, your favorite cat, Cottonbud. Imagine if Cottonbud was behind the entire plot. Like Red Claw, like there's a post credit scene where she's like, We almost got away with it, Cottonbud. And then Cottonbud like, yeah. comes out of the shadows, like, That's right, we'll get them next time. Who's got uh, some treats? Yeah. And I'd like a bed to sleep in, please. No plague stuff next time, only treats. <laughs> So the end of this episode is Batman handcuffs Catwoman in her apartment and basically like chooses the law over her, which we saw last episode. He was like, there is something between us and I'm afraid it's the law. But what happened after that, you think? Like, that's a bit of an awkward drive in the Batmobile on the way to police headquarters with Cat- Catwoman in the car. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, you like cats, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is it just just a certain type of cat you like, or is it you like all cats? Oh, all oh, okay, all right. You like big like big cats? It's you know like not just household cats. You know like the ones. Oh, you okay? Yeah, all cats, right? I'm Bruce Wayne, by the way. <laughs> I love you. So you did it again, <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> Alfred, give me some more small talk pointers, have you, please. Have you I'm asked really her if she likes big cats as well, sir? Yes, she likes all cats, Alfred. <laughs> hmm. Oh, does she like dogs? Oh, do you like dogs? You don't. You don't like dogs. Catwoman's like, for the love of God, when are we getting to police headquarters? Oh, we've been sitting in the car park at the police headquarters for like 20 minutes. <laughs> She's like, 
help me, somebody get me out of here. Uh, and that is the end of the episode. Yeah, not much to talk about in this episode. It really was kind of like a... It could have been one episode, in my opinion, this two-parter. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Like, like you could have done this in one episode. I, I think they stretched it out because Catwoman's in it and they wanted to, like, really introduce Catwoman because she was going to be in Batman Returns. So they were like, let's do a big old two-parter. It made sense for Two-Face for a two-parter, but yes. this one, yeah, you could have you could have done this in one episode easily. You could have cut out all the Maven stuff and, like, the, no pun intended, but, like, the cat-and-mouse game that Selena's, like, constantly trying to evade these people and Bruce is getting involved and then Batman's getting involved. Like, just cut that shit into to one thing. That would have been easy. So our next episode will be our interview with director Kevin Altieri, who directed so many other episodes of Batman the Animated Series. But the next episode review coming after that is an episode titled See No Evil. And, buddy, do you remember what that episode is about? Uh, See No Evil. No. I thought you were going to be like, is it the episode where he's blind? Which would have made sense. I'm blind. But it's not that episode. (laughs) That's called Blind as a Bat. See No Evil is a guy that has an invisibility suit. What, like the Invisible Man movie? Like the Invisible Man movie. I don't remember that at all. It's an episode that in production order, which is what we're watching it in, was made very early on. But as far as release order, they released it way later because they were like, this seems out of place for this show. It's such a random episode. So we're going to watch the Invisible Man episode of Batman the next All time right. to review this. Can't wait. Well, we'll probably like it because we like the weird ones. We do like the weird ones. Yeah, so we're getting close to one of your favorite episodes. I believe we have Prophecy of Doom coming, which is like the cult magician thing. Um, we have See No Evil. We have Clayface Parts 1 and 2. That's a two-parter as well. And then we get to Joker's Fever. (laughs) I hope Barney's making meatloaf tonight. (laughs) Okay, Chuckers! Oh, a cool tease for everybody out there. The character Charlie Collins of that episode... uh, there is a person that worked on Batman that that character is based off of, and Will and I might have spoken to him for the podcast very recently, and that episode will be coming out in the near future as well. Oh. So all the fans out there that know who we're talking about, you got that to look forward to, and if you don't, well, then you'll have to wait to find out. That's right. All right. Our first game of the day is Riddle Me This, William. Focus! 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 But you'll still have to answer the riddle. I can't believe it's luck. Oh, darn. Now there's a riddle for you. A lucky guess, that's all. Now, now, no sore losers. (laughs) This is a game I play with my brother where I ask him three questions on the episode we just watched to make sure he was paying attention. Feel free to play along at home or in your car or wherever you are when you're listening to this. Question one, buddy. Where did Bruce learn to drive like that? Um, the F1 in Paris. Yes, I'll give it to you. It's the Paris yeah, Grand Prix. Well done. I didn't think you were going to pick that up, but that was very good. Question two. How did Batman discover Selina and Catwoman are one and the same? Because he sniffed a cat hair and knew it was a cat hair. It was a random hair and he went, 
cat hair. I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> must be, she must be the only one got them that has cats, so she must be Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred's like, genius. Uh, well done, you've done it again. Yes, we've established that, so. <laughs> Not dogs. So not I... dogs, no. <laughs> So I dog just... woman anyway, if you know what I'm saying. Snogging <laughs> and dogging. Oh. Why is dogging such a, like a popular thing in, in England? Like, it's so strange. Let's go to know. the woods or a car it's park, just... put on some masks and have some kinky sex. Yeah, that's for listeners that don't know in this country, dogging is where and people meet up strangers and such at sites that are literally designated for them to secretly meet up and no, it's, it's not like a government, and... like, employ- like, it's not like, and this, of course, no, it's not. is our lovely park, and, our, and <laughs> this is the, you know, the nature reserve, and this is our dogging car park, so enjoy. <laughs> Over there you'll see Big Ben, Parliament. And Big Ben, oh, so fucking Big Bertha. <laughs> that's our dogging site next to Trafalgar Square. <laughs> if you fancy a quickie, yes. head on down there. Uh, complimentary glory holes installed. And... <laughs> God, yes, dogging is such a weird thing. Uh, we're like when I we I went to go visit our dad. Uh, Where's this story where going? Living. Well, I'm like walking where he lives is down by the sea, and I'm walking like along there, and he's like telling me all about the history of stuff and he's like and that's the dogging site over there and i'm like why do you know that no wait wait son (laughs) (laughs) where do you think we're going (laughs) you got your mask (laughs) so question three of this game (laughs) question three is who saves catwoman from red claw at the end uh the big um uh cat which for some reason was like cool with Catwoman. She doesn't have superpowers where she's like in touch with cats. They do kind of play with that a lot in this series where like she just is so in touch with any feline that instantly she has control over them. It's weird, I agree. But yeah, the mountain lion is what saves her from Red Claw. But um, yeah, I mean, I liked that. I liked it wasn't Batman coming to save her, you know, like she was on her own and uh, the mountain lion chose Catwoman over Red Claw, so it was like two cat-themed characters, and the mountain lion was like, I choose you, I didn't Catwoman. like it. Made, it doesn't, no, that's not I'm how not life fan. works. <laughs> yeah, that's what you say when you're watching Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> yeah. Look, cartoon, that's not how life works. Well, you've got four points there. Well done, bud. Hell yeah. All right, our next game is... the bat sound this is a game that we play with you the listener each week i play a brief music clip from the show and you have to guess what who the character is or the title of the episode that the music belongs to the answer to each clip will be revealed in the following episode so last week we had this clip
And if you still don't know, here's a clue of a voice clip from that episode. Huh? That's all? I was lucky I could hang on to that much. You were holding out on me? I had to, Matt. If I didn't, you wouldn't have any now. <sighs> you can't go on like this, Matt. You heard all the time now. You're just my stand-in, Lupus. Nobody promoted you to nursemaid. All right, enough clues for now. The answer is Clayface from Feet of Clay, parts one and two. I kind of gave it away, didn't I? Well, yeah, but I bleeped it oh. out like you told me to. So I put the uh, Metal Gear Solid oh, over okay. every time you said it. Um, all right, here's the musical clip for next week's episode where you'll have to name the episode that the music is for. but do you recognize that one at all nope <laughs> yeah i know it's an obscure one but for the hardcore fans out there they'll be able to probably know that but you have until next week to give us the answer or else or else what or else you're gonna get these hands <laughs> harvey's or hands else, <laughs> or else i'm gonna send you a pair of my loafers that i don't wear socks with in the mail and you're gonna open oh. it up and it's gonna be real smelly oh is it what is Instead of a horse's head in a bed, <laughs> as a warning, it's just a pair of shoes ah! that stink. <laughs> just running around the house like, ah! He'll be smelling like the fishes when I'm done with him. <laughs> Not sleeping with the fishes, smelling like the fishes. That was very good. I like that. That was very clever. All right. It's our next segment. You've got mail. Oh, by the way, this came for you an hour ago by messenger. You've got mail. Thank you, Alfred. Okay, this is a segment where you guys can write in all your questions or leave us reviews. I gather them from all sorts of places, from social media, from the podcast platforms, through emails. Really appreciate all the people that have been writing in. We've got our first listener, Selena Calabrese, or Calabrese, who on Instagram, Cat in the Claw Part 1, she said, I'm up late waiting for this. I love you all. So she uh, is a big That's fan. Nice. I assume her name... Yeah, her name being Selena as well. She must be really looking forward to the Cat in the Claw episodes. Selena, did you like Cat in the Claw Part 1 better than Part 2? Let us know, because I think Part 1 was way better. Me too. Next, we have Josh Dunn on YouTube. Josh has said, came from TikTok. You guys are so much fun to listen to. You gave me a good laugh. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, thank Josh. Thank Josh. Uh, oh, uh, thank Josh. Josh Dunn. <laughs> thank Josh Dunn. Uh, yeah, thanks, Josh, for writing in. I'm glad we can entertain you and make you laugh. Then we've got Jordan Ritz Ritz on YouTube. But Jordan Ritz Ritz. The Ritz, Ritz. I like her. If you are Jordan Ritz <laughs> and you want to say your name twice, then you say Ritz Ritz. I am Jordan Ritz. <laughs> Jordan said... Seen y'all on TikTok, said y'all. So I don't know where you come from, Jordan, but I like when people say y'all. I, I seen say y'all on TikTok. regularly in my, my writing and speaking. Yeah, but it sounds weird in an English accent. Yo. Y'all. Y'all. Seen y'all. Y'all better stop if, doing if, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Alfred tried to do that, he'd be like, no, Alfred. <laughs> y'all want some supper, sir? <laughs> y'all. <laughs> y'all hung. You all uh, hungry? Y'all okay, Alfred? Uh, Anyway, John said, seeing you on TikTok, too funny, keep them coming. We will, all right? 
fine. All right, calm down. Unless calm Will down. just unless Will gives yeah, up. Yeah, you replace <laughs> me with that other guy you did the video with. It's fine. I'll, I'm totally. I will totally step back out into the shadows <laughs> and, and be done with it. Like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody likes having you on this show. There was even a moment where you were away, and I was like, "Should I just release the interview?" That I have, and everyone's like, "No, we'd rather wait for Will to be back, so you guys can do your intro ah, now." Power, and I was like, all the right. Power I hold over this podcast. I know. Oh, I ah, do ah, so ah, much work. I do so much work on this podcast. You show, you watch an episode, and show up, and everyone's like, "Without Will, you ain't got it." But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I feel like um, what's his name in um, Gladiator with like my thumb up, and it's like the balancing. <laughs> no. <laughs> like whenever I make a bad joke or something, you just thumbs Every time down. you make a bad joke, I uh, one podcast away from leaving closer. <laughs> hey, why did the chicken cross? <laughs> why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was asking you the question. Yeah, well, I thought you would know. <laughs> That's one more. Okay. Next uh, comment is from Andy the Dandy on TikTok. Andy has said, going to give your podcast a listen. These clips are freaking hilarious. Keep it up, please. Thank you, Andy. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you started to listen already, we've got Perst on TikTok who said, I'd like to imagine that the person editing these has an encyclopedic knowledge of Batman, the animated series, and has every has an and has a clip for every single occasion. Well, yes, Perst, I do have a ridiculous encyclopedic knowledge of this show. Surely watch it. For some He's reason, I, I do know when we're doing these like little skits and stuff off the cuff. In, my, in the back of my head, I'm like, that scene in that particular episode might work well for this. And that's usually where I start. And then I just go down the rabbit hole. I like making yeah, the videos. They're, very they're good. fun. You do a very good job. Good job, Alex Robson. That's all I'm saying. Good job, Alex <laughs> Robson. You did a good, you're doing a good thing. And let's all say it. Please don't leave the podcast, Will Robson. Uh, you know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's like good job Alex Robson but without me you have nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's such a little brother thing to do as well it's like ah oh, I'll just exploit this <laughs> enjoying your little okay. podcast community you're building there it'd be a shame if someone left <laughs> now, now you're worrying me we talked about it way too much will you be editing oh. <laughs> Just me doing the skits of my own. <laughs> yes. If I leave, then this will be nothing but my brother eating nuts on camera. Mm, yes. <laughs> not my best video. <laughs> I just remember. And that's not at a, that wasn't at a dogging site. <laughs> my wife, like, she went on every social media one morning, and for some reason you were the top one on every platform. She's like, I can't escape your brother. <laughs> She was like, just like open Instagram. Was like, you want to get nuts? She's like, okay. TikTok. You want to get nuts? She's like, oh my god. Just like back up. I didn't know she's on TikTok. She uses my TikToks a lot. Oh, I see. Okay. So when you, when I see likes on TikTok videos from you, is it that's me? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, Okay. uh, Back to uh, our listeners. Mackenzie from TikTok said, "Well, I guess I found a new podcast and TV show to watch." Uh, if you haven't seen Batman the Animated Series, absolutely dive in. I'm glad that you can listen along with us whilst watching. That sounds like a lot of fun. Then I we have a comment from GA4RET5. So I think it's like GAFRET5 or GAFRET, something like that. Say it again. GA and then the number four and then RET5, R-E-T, then the number five. Garrett? GA. Oh, yeah, with four five in there. There we go. 
Well done. That's like solving the Riddler's puzzle right there. You're like, it's Garrett, and he's probably 45. Well, he's more than 45. But that, if he's on TikTok, <laughs> that's the oldest person. Well, he said, dude, I absolutely love this podcast. So if he's if he's 80 now, it's like that old man in The Simpsons, like, dude. And then the final one is from Terry Hopkins on Instagram Messenger. He said, hey, Robson Brothers, I love this podcast so much. You guys are my favorite podcasters and bring so many cool facts about the greatest Batman ever made, as well as crack me up on my way to work. Your Mr. Freeze impressions have me dying. I now look forward to Thursdays because of new episodes each week. So thank you so much for all that you guys do and keep up the great work. P.S. I have a question for you both. If you could be any Batman villain, who would it be and why? Uh, none of them. I don't want to be a Batman villain. Why? If you could be. Um, Is it just our, is our box stand answer going to be Rupert Thorne? Because every Rupert time Thorne. we're like, well, you there get, you yeah. <laughs> never dress never well, you're caught. a gangster. He's an old gangster, which means he's just making a lot of money and yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, if I had to choose, I think I would choose someone that's just like at least a human being that's a criminal. I mean, I know you can be like, well, lots of them are human beings like Harvey Dent and stuff, but they're all fucked up and just so messed up in their mm. own ways. At least Rupert Thorne, you're just like, I like crime and I like money. That's what, mm. you know, that's what I do. So, yeah, I think Rupert Thorne's a safe, safe choice there. I wouldn't want to be Scarecrow. I wouldn't want to be Clayface. Actually, Clayface wouldn't be so bad. You... You with your phobia of being a big monster. Oh yeah, that's true. When I like, I'm not just terraforming or whatever. Terraforming. Yeah. That's not the right word. Now, what's terraforming? Terraforming mean? is like when you're like making uh, a like a a place like able to. Oh, it grow, is terrain. Grow, like like terra- f- yeah stuff. Yes. Like they're, they're trying to terraform on Mars. They're trying to make it so you can grow. They stuff. did that in. Yeah, they did that in Man of Steel. Like uh, Zod wanted to terraform the mm. Earth back into Krypton or whatever. Okay, transform is what mm. I meant to say. Get it there right. I'll admit it. If you get it, wrong. if you say terraforming one more time, I am gone. <laughs> this is a constant thing. I'm living in fear on this podcast. So if you guys want to contact us or get in touch, please, please email don't. us at Batman. <laughs> Please email us at batmantaspod at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple out the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we'll read it out on the pod in our You've Got Mail segment. And please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice if you have not yet already. Also, you can follow us on social media at BatmanTASPod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere but Twitter, which is at BatmanTASPod1. And that's because why? Because we are the number one Batman, the animated series podcast. You got damn right. In the description of this episode, you'll find a tip jar where you can give us any amount of money you can afford to give if you so wish. As we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson, and you can follow Will on his socials to stay up to date on what he's working on now and get a glimpse into the work day of a comic book artist and a writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? Anywhere at Robson Inc., and that's Robson I-N-K, or you can follow me at Speech Comics anywhere as well. That's right. Do you like uh, how that is in with the You've Got Mail segment? I thought that would be a well-placed yeah. little yeah. part for that instead of um, at the beginning after Cape Capers. thought that works well pretty well. Thank you. All right. It's our last segment, which is what you're putting in your holes. Buddy, what is going in your holes and filling them Watched up? Watched a random movie from the 90s yesterday that I enjoyed called The Negotiator. That's on my list to watch is this it? summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I'd made a well, you know, but just to share, made a big old list of '90s movies, like not just action, but just ones I haven't seen in a while, and I want to watch them this summer because I'm in a real like it's hot outside, mm. and I want to watch like something for the '90s. It was a proper popcorn just, '90s movie. My wife and I very much enjoyed it. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, I've I never, I never Kevin seen Spacey's it. in it. No, oh, really? I didn't know anything about the plot. So, like, and that's what I love is just chucking a movie on and not knowing what the movie's going to be about and figuring out as it went on. So me and my, my wife chucked it on because I was busy putting together my comic book. I was exporting files. And she was like, ah, this is on our list. I'm just going to chuck this on while you're working. And then as I was working, I was like, this film is good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah. movie. I enjoyed that. Like, I know Kevin Spacey's in it and there's all controversy, which is rightfully so. But he was in some good movies and he's not the only one in it. Sam Jackson in that is Sam Jackson's awesome amazing. Well. I really it. like yeah, he's great. I really liked that movie, so I'm going to watch that this and summer then, as well. What else have you been putting in? And then in after that, we watched Law Abiding Citizen because uh, my wife had never seen it. And I found out it was directed by the same guy. I was like, that's funny. These two random movies oh. we chose to watch is directed by the same person. Well, I've had that recently with uh, John McTiernan. I've noticed that I've watched a bunch of movies that? that are all directed by him. So he's the director of Predator, Die Hard. The Last Action oh, Hero. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch that recently. I just watched that. It was really great to revisit that again. Up. Had a lot of fun watching that. It really holds up, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. And it's colourful as well. Like, it feels very, like, comic book I remember loving that movie. In that way. I, I remember really being like, I really want good. an action figure of the creepy guy in the, the yellow uh, rain jacket. Yes, yeah. It, it it that that whole scene really holds up. Looks great. If they, if they had well. a, if they um, had action figures of that movie, maybe they did. But we would have we would have, we would have owned them. them big time because we watched it all the time. Yeah. I love Arnie's outfit. That red t shirt, like light jeans. I've worn that snake out- boots and a leather jacket. I've worn that outfit before, specifically from this movie. And you know what I realized? That's the James Bond Junior outfit. Oh, it is the James Bond Junior outfit. But he also directed Die Hard Three, which I just watched again. That fucking holds up. That is a yeah. good movie, man. That's a really good movie. Uh, like I was like, this is as much fun as Die Hard One. Watching it, it's I was a good like, one. this is a really fun movie. Uh, and then he directed The Thirteenth Warrior, uh, and I just watched The Thomas Crown Affair, which I thoroughly well, enjoyed to love again. That movie with all the time, I still do. Piers Brosnan, even though he's amazing as Bond, I, and he will always be one of the the best Bonds. He looks the best in the Thomas Crown Affair. There's something about him in that movie where I'm like, that is the most handsome man I've ever <laughs> seen on screen. He looks so good in the movie, and the movie's so much fun, and I love like all the twists and turns and how he's ahead of the police. I remember you used to watch time. that. You used so to watch that as a kid. That, as I as a kid in the background, I'm like, can we watch like a cartoon or something? Like, this is boring. You're like, oh, this is the bit where he's about to steal the painting. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> It's, I love that. And then, this is the bit where he fucks yeah, around the staircase like, and you see, <sighs> Rene, you see Rene Russo's titties. Yeah, I was like four. I'm like, can we watch Batman, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We're the Thomas Crown Affair, then we're going to watch, uh, what's that African movie you love? Uh, the, the Darkness. Uh, what, yeah, the Ghost of the Darkness? We're going to watch Thomas Crown Affair, then we're going to watch Ghost of the Darkness. Ah, oh, brother. <laughs> Literal brother. I like, that, that sounds like a great afternoon to me. So all of these movies, yeah, Die Hard 3, uh, Last Action Hero, and uh, I watched Basic, which was also with Sam Jackson and John Travolta, and it's like this like whodunit um, murder mystery with the army, which was pretty good. 
Um, 13th Warrior. I'm like watching, these have been on my list, and I'm watching these, and I'm like, these are all good movies. Who directed them? All directed by John McTiernan. And I'm like, wow, this guy directed some bangers of movies from our childhood. Like, so many that I was like, I, we watched these countless times, and I was like, what ever happened to him? Because mm-hmm. I thought, he hasn't made anything since Basic, which came out in 2003. Mm. I was like, is, is he dead? No, he's not dead. He got in trouble for lying to the FBI multiple times because he tried recording producers of the movie Basic because he thought they were trying to, like, basically get him out of it. Basically, ha. Huh? But they were trying to, like, undermine him. So he illegally planted recording devices in, like, different parts mm-hmm. of their homes and, like, all over and got caught. And when he was confronted, he lied to the FBI and said, no, I didn't. And then they discovered that he did and they could prove that he did. And he continued to, like, go through this, like, lying cycle until eventually there was so much evidence. And the judge took no leniency on him and was like, all right, I sentence you to a $100,000 fine and a year in prison and then two years house arrest. And he served that in, like, Mm -hmm. 2013, 2014. So he went through all this legal stuff in the early 2000s into the 2010s and then went to prison. And then obviously when he came out, like, Hollywood wanted nothing to do with him. So... A director for the director of that directed and Die Hard. No one wants anything to do with them. That's crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And he directed The Hunt for Red October as well. That was another one I haven't seen that I put on my list. No, um, so yeah, asleep. yeah, I know you said that. I'm gonna watch that soon, probably, probably in the afternoon when I'm like, if I nap, I nap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so John McTiernan has been great. Uh, is there anything else you've been putting in your holes? Uh, what have I been watching? I've been watching the show Justified. It's not very good. It's fine. Is that with Oli Fantastic? Yeah. In like the D- Tim, in like Timothy Mississippi, Oliphant? and it's just full of gross like redneck folk. <laughs> That's a weird thing for you to watch. Uh, it's, it, it has Randomly. a very good hook at the beginning of the show that makes you go, "Oh, I want to oh, watch okay. this." But then it's just I don't know. It's it's kind of just it's turned into more of now like a Republican sitcom, and I'm like, I don't know, this is for me. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Like Timothy Oliphant flashing his abs, trying to sleep with housewives, and people have problems because <laughs> they like ride horses and shit. I'm like, I don't. This is not my world. <laughs> abs, 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 and horses. And horses no, no. <laughs> I don't Give see me those bellies and foxes any day. <laughs> Um, well, I watched the Stanley documentary, and I thought it was—I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was as controversial as people were saying. He really didn't take a lot of credit, although I did hear a conversation on the phone that was recorded between him and Jack Kirby. And have you ever heard the conversation where they, no. Stanley, like he goes—it's on the radio show, and he goes on the radio show, and he's like, "I just wanted to wish Jack a happy birthday," and Jack's like, "Oh, Stan, like how you been? We haven't—you know—they haven't spoken in a really long time." And he's like, and also, go I just fuck to, yourself, Blake. <laughs> well, kind of. He was just like, and I just want to set the record straight. Anything that I claim to have created, I wrote. No one else wrote it. I was the one that wrote everything for those characters, and I created it. And Jack's like, mm, that's not true. And Kirby was like, uh, there's been, there was a few times where I wrote bits and and like story edits and everything else and stan's like you never did that you drew and then you moved on to the next thing you didn't care and the radio host is like uh so um anyway guys this isn't the place for this conversation and he's like trying to like peacefully what what an idiot you should let them speak so you have on your radio show forever 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's in this documentary. So that was the really uncomfortable bit. Well, yeah, um, but then school, my old 90s... school Marvel method was basically either Stan comes up with a basic idea or they both do. And then Kirby would make the whole thing from beginning to end with no word balloons. And then Stan would come in and just add word balloons over the story. So it was a true collaboration um, yeah. in all senses. And I'm sure in some certain cases, it was definitely more in Stan's control. And in other cases, it was definitely more in Kirby and Dicko and all these other people's control. We'll never truly know. Um, I just think that uh, I have no stance on it whatsoever. No, and I agree. And there's times he says in the documentary where he's like, I always thought that if you wrote... If you created a character, then you created it. That the artist didn't have any part of that well, That's creation. a very He's stupid like, thing to say. But And he said, but I was wrong. He sounded a bit begrudging when he said it, but that's my interpretation. But, you know, this is when Steve Ditko was like, I want to be co-creator of yeah. Spider-Man because I am. And that was their whole argument and their fallout and yeah, stuff. Dick, Ditko, but I think he learned Ditko's, his lesson. Like, the reason we all love Spider-Man is... That costume has not changed. It stood the test of time, and that's Ditko's design. Yeah, uh, but I also to continue my kick of movies because I've started up work again in a new location. I watched Speed Two. I watched The Mummy. I watched The Rocketeer for the first time, which I actually enjoyed we quite owned, a bit. I don't know how you, that was the first time you saw it because we owned it on VHS. I never, I've never seen it. I honestly was watching it. And I was like, I have never seen have this movie. Loads of I memories remember of watching it. Timothy in, Dalton in, in, in like at home. You must have watched it then. I never, I never checked it out. Um, I watched Deep Blue Sea, which at first I was like, "This is really good," and then I messaged you like twenty minutes later, like, "Okay, it's not as good as I remember." And finally, I went to go see the new Indiana Jones, and I enjoyed it. People, I get why people have been kind of ragging on it, and uh, I can see why people aren't as much fans. But I enjoyed it from start to finish. It was much better than. The Flash, and it was really great to see Indiana Jones back because I love that character so much. So Dial of Destiny gets a thumbs up from me. All right, well, I think that's all we got for this week. Anything you want to add before we jet off? Uh, think critically. Think critically. All right. Have a critical Terraform day. yourself a new life. <laughs> oh, now i got to keep that bit in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. All right, well, that's all the time we got for this week. Join us next time while we'll continue talking all things Batman, the animated series. Until then, I've been Alex Robson. I've been Will Robson. And remember that we are Vengeance. We are the night. We are a podcast. Goodbye. Doodles! Let's get this show on the road. All right, so we're not going to have any outtakes. No, no end of the episode. This Here's is it. Outtake. Go fuck yourself. There you go. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, listener. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm doing this on my time. All right, you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one.